what is really holding up the George Floyd Police Act from Biden's desk? All right. Now, in the article, she says a high-ranking uh, Democrat tells the Grio that Republicans, uh, that Republicans are holding up the George Floyd Death and the Policing Act because they're seeking buy-in from law enforcement organizations. They're seeking buy-in from law enforcement organizations. All right, now, President Joe Biden is hosting the family uh, on Tuesday. Okay, we talked about that. Um, one question appears to linger. One question appears to linger in the mind of many members of the public. What is the sticking point in the passage of policing reform? Now, I had a pretty good idea what it was. <laughs> and looking at the fact that 212 Republicans voted no in the House of Representatives, I figured police organizations were putting pressure on Republicans. The various congressional leaders who spoke with the GRIO had previously said they could not pinpoint the stall in the, in the negotiations. However, a high-ranking Democrat who asked to remain anonymous as Democrats and Republicans on the Hill continue to negotiate the bill, tells the GRIO that what is holding up the Police Reform Act in uh, George Floyd's honor is Republicans seeking buy-in, Republicans seeking buy-in from police organizations before making any concession. This makes perfect sense, because as I said before, okay, no Republicans in the House of Representatives voted for this bill. Any opposition from law enforcement organizations, quote, is a real obstacle to moving forward for, a, for Republican members of Congress, said uh, the Democratic source, especially when Republicans rely upon, upon police unions to endorse them. And uh, get donations to their campaigns. Quote, it's going to be very different in the next couple of days as the negotiations proceed that some of the national law enforcement agencies cease their opposition and begin, it's going to be very important in the next couple of days as negotiations proceed that, proceed that some of the national law enforcement agencies cease their opposition and begin to work with the House and the Senate to move this legislation forward, the source tells the Greek. All right, look, we're out of time here on 19 a.m. on the Superstation WFPL. Um, remember, right now it's correct for wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll count it forever. Those watching on our Facebook fan page and YouTube channel, keep watching for a little while longer. Uh, we're going to keep broadcasting for a few more minutes. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Okay. Um, we're going to go for just a couple more minutes, and we'll, we'll talk very briefly about African Liberation Day. See me wearing my African Liberation Day uh, shirt. This is from 2011, African Liberation Day uh, here in Detroit. The celebration that took place in Detroit. Dr. Claude Anderson was uh, speaking uh, at African Liberation Day in 2011. And uh, Dr. Mawulana Karanga, uh, co-founder of uh, Kwanzaa, was speaking here. And Professor Herb Boyd. Okay. Um, however, according to U.S. Rep. Uh, Hank Johnson, um, a second here. Also, if you like this type of information, uh, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, and also through PayPal. 
paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Okay, so let's so keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. Uh, we're here six days a week, so we definitely need your support. Uh, so you support us there, and then also be sure to register for the online course that I teach, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Uh, okay, you obviously didn't see my show yesterday or the day before if you're trying to compare this to the Asian hate bill. Number one, it's not called the Asian hate bill. I swear to God, y'all got to read. Stop <laughs> listening to this bullshit you hear other places on social media. It's called the COVID-19 hate crime bill. It's not specific to Asian Americans. Read the goddamn bills, please. Stop repeating this bullshit that you hear other places because it, like, it makes you look stupid. I'm serious. If you read what's in, we went through what's in the uh, uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act yesterday. It's a much more comprehensive bill than the COVID-19 hate crime bill. As I said on yesterday's show and the day before that, the bill is not specific to hate crimes against Asian Americans. You can read all the bills at (laughs) congress.gov. And it's only related to COVID-19 hate crimes. It's, it, it, the, the, when you actually read the COVID-19 hate crime bill, because that's what the bill is actually called. It's not the Asian hate crime bill. That's what the media is called. It's not, the, it's not the Asian hate crime bill. It's the COVID-19 hate crime bill. It helps to read this stuff before you post nonsense like this on social media. If you, if you got this somebody else on social media, you need to go ask them why the hell you lying to Because you can go read these bills for yourself, and you can see how social media pimps are lying. <laughs> you can go read these bills yourself and see how social media pimps are lying. If you compare the COVID-19 <laughs> hate crime bill to the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, you see the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is a much more comprehensive bill. This is what happens when you don't do research. So let's go back to this here. Y'all gonna learn, don't come to me with this nonsense. <laughs> uh, that's why I give you the information. So you can go read these bills yourself. Proper documentation is all conversation. You don't have to believe me. That's why, because most of these other people you listen to, are they telling you go to congress.gov and read the bill? Are they giving you the bills to read? No, because they haven't read the shit themselves. That's why. <laughs> However, According to U.S. Representative Hank Johnson, Democrat from Georgia, progress is still underway. One step forward, he highlighted, is aimed at, quote, stopping militarized law enforcement, end quote, stopping militarized law enforcement. Now, under President Obama, President Obama restricted the uh, militarized weapons going to uh, police departments. Because that was something that came out of the protests in Ferguson, Missouri. What did Donald Trump do? Donald Trump reversed that. Donald Trump wanted them to have militarized weapons and everything. Okay? Trump reversed a lot of the police reforms that the Obama administration put in place. A lot of people don't read, so they don't notice. Now, you watch this show. We've dealt with that here on this show. We've dealt with that during the uh, 2020 presidential campaign. And I went through and showed you articles dealing with this. And a lot of police unions supported Trump because they said Trump was going to take the shackles off of them because they were complaining 
about the oversight from the Obama administration. And they said Trump is going to take the shackles off, off of us so we can do our jobs, and that's why many of them supported Trump. And some of them are white supremacists also. <laughs> Congressman Johnson said that, uh, said that part involves, quote, shutting down the pipeline between the Department of Defense and law enforcement agencies with surplus equipment. Federal, state, and local agencies are under this agreement. Federal, state, and local agencies are under this agreement. This is Representative Hank Johnson of Georgia. Um, he stressed that the George Floyd Policing Act centers around some crucial issues, such as eliminating qualified immunity as a legal protection for rogue police officers. All right. Uh, the core of the act allows for accountability for police officers who violated the civil rights of citizens in civil and criminal proceedings. It lessens the standard of proof necessary to convict police officers for a criminal act of violating a person's civil rights. Okay, Just to show you the complexity between this bill and the COVID-19 uh, hate crime bill, police organizations were not putting pressure on Republicans not to vote for the COVID-19 hate crime bill. <laughs> They're doing that now with this bill. There were 62 Republicans that voted against the COVID-19 hate crime bill. Okay, basically 62 in the House and dumbass uh, Senator Josh Hawley uh, in, uh, from Missouri in the Senate. There were 212 Republicans that voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. As, as we talked about early at the beginning of this show, and as I highlighted on yesterday's show, there were 212 Republicans that uh, uh, voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, but it still passed the House of Representatives. Who voted for it in the House? It was Democrats that supported it. Who's the sponsor of the bill? Representative Karen Bass, Democrat from California, African-American woman, Congressional Black Caucus. She's the sponsor of the bill. Okay, let's continue. Uh, all right. Read the rest of this here. Gives me qualified immunity. Senator Scott, Republican of South Carolina, has been negotiating on behalf of Republicans for the passage of the bill. Senator Scott is more of an advocate for uh, police reform than most Republicans are. Quines is kept. Most, most, Senator, Senator Tim Scott is more of an advocate for police reform than many Republicans are in the Senate. And what happened was, after uh, George Floyd, uh, after um, Derek Chauvin was convicted for killing George Floyd, then you had some Republicans in the Senate who said, well, because Derek Chauvin was convicted, this means the system works. So you don't have to have police reform because Chauvin was convicted. This means the system works. That, it, Chauvin killing George Floyd and then being convicted after all this evidence came out, that's not the system working. If the system worked, George Floyd would still be alive today. Okay, the police were called for a suspected fake $20 bill that it appears, it really appears George Floyd didn't even know the bill was fake. Because when you watch, they, during, during the um, trial, they showed... 
surveillance video from from the uh, cut foods. They showed video that had never been shown before. After George Floyd, you all saw the video. After George Floyd did his transaction there in the store and paid for what he was buying, he stayed in the store for a number of minutes. Well, if you are deliberately trying to pass fake money, you're not going to stick around in the store after you get what you bought. After you get what you bought, you're going to leave. He stayed around in the store. Then he goes out to the car. The 19-year-old guy who was the, uh, uh, the, the clerk there, he goes out to the car to confront them, ask them about, you know, the money, what have you. Okay? He goes out there. George Floyd is still in the, in the car. He goes back in the store, talks to his manager. He goes out a second time. George Floyd is still out there in the car. If you pass fake money, if you deliberately pass fake money, you're going to sit there outside in the car, you're going to be gone. Then the police show up. George Floyd is still there in the car. So it's pretty clear, based upon circumstantial evidence, it appears he didn't even know the money was fake if it was fake. The city of Minnesota had to pay out has to pay out twenty seven million dollars to the Floyd family. Okay, now rightfully so, but that's not the system working. If the system worked, George Floyd would still be alive today. He wouldn't have been arrested for allegedly passing a fake twenty dollar bill. Sheriff Arredondo, Madera Arredondo, police chief for Minneapolis, Minnesota, he said they don't arrest people for allegedly passing fake money. You can't even, you have to ask, you can't even, you, you haven't even been able to prove whether they did it purposely or not. He said, they don't arrest people for doing that. That's not the system working. This is a lot of white Republicans who many of them are being uh, endorsed by police unions who don't want to support police reform. That's not the system working. Okay. Now, uh, okay, so we got that, and then, um, let me see something here. Okay, so read the rest of this article. What is really holding up the George Floyd Policing Act from Biden's death? So this is really good reporting from uh, April Ryan, okay, for the griot.com. And then, so we got that. Um, there was one from CBS News. I want you, you can read this one here. And it has an interview with uh, Senator Cory Booker. I think they talk, I think Senator Tim Scott has talked about it here as well. Okay. I think Senator Tim Scott has talked about it here also. Let me try to pull this one up quickly here. Just a second. One year after George Floyd's death, there's cautious optimism. Now, as I said on yesterday's show, okay, you want to call your member of the U.S. Senate and ask them to vote yes on the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Okay? We talked about this yesterday. Uh, very quickly, I'm going to show you the, we'll go back to the article again so we can see what's in the bill. 
So when you call, you don't want to say vote for the George Floyd Justice Policing Act. Uh, you know, because it's the right thing to do. Go 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 down the list and and tell them what's in the bill. <laughs> okay, because see, a lot of times we don't understand how to advocate for what it is we want. Because this is this is what white constituents do all the time. They call their members of Congress. They call their elected officials. Show up at their office. Things like this. And elected officials keep track of how many people call and say vote yes on this bill, how many people call and say vote no. They know if you call them and tell them why you want them to vote a certain way on the bill, that's a voter. These are people who will vote them out of office or vote to keep them in office. See, a lot of times we don't understand how the game is played. We're, we're, many times we're playing a, uh, a political, we're playing the game of political football and don't know the difference between a first down and a touchdown <laughs> and wonder why we don't have any points on the board. White people do this stuff all the time. If you go back and you look at um, when they had the vote in the in the U.S. Senate, I think it was 2012, either 2012 or 2014, to save the Affordable Health Care Act. And John McCain... Um, uh, uh, had the the vote that saved the Affordable Health Care Act. Prior to that, you had people organizing across the country, and every Tuesday they would show up at their member of Congress uh, office, and they were putting pressure on them to vote to save the Affordable Health Care Act. Well, they were organizing. Many of them were organizing based upon a document called Indivisible. End, indivisible, I-N-D-I-V-I-S-I-B-L-E, indivisible, indivisible guide, G-U-I-E-E, indivisibleguide.com. And I first found out about indivisible from um, the Rachel Maddow show. And she interviewed the people from the organization. And they put out this guide that you can download. And I downloaded it, I have it in my backpack. Because I, when I do lectures, this is one of the things I show people. The guide, Indivisible, has form letters in there. And it teaches you how to interact with your member of the House of Representatives and your U.S. Senator, or U.S. Senators, too. And how to put pressure on them. You have to put pressure on your member of the House of Representatives. Because you're the only one that can vote them out of office. People in Detroit can't vote somebody out of office in California. Okay? But people in Detroit can vote somebody out of office in Detroit or in Michigan. So you have to understand how to put pressure and how to advocate for what you want to your member of the House of Representatives. We have to know which district you're in. I'm in the 14th Congressional District, Brenda Lawrence. Okay? You have to know what district you're in. This is why I gave the number to the Congressional Switchboard yesterday. Okay, here's the number to the Congressional Switchboard once again. When you call a Congressional Switchboard, you can, uh, it'll ask you for your zip code, and it'll get you to your member of the House of Representatives or the uh, U.S. Senate. Congressional Switchboard number is 202, um, let's see. 202-224, I have it in my phone because I've called 
pass, 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121 is the number to the congressional switchboard. You can get your member of the House of Representatives, your U.S. Senator, okay? You usually you, you end up getting talking to their staffers, but that's fine. That's what they, that's one of the reasons why they're there. So research indivisible. Okay, now. Uh, okay, this one here from NBC News, uh, from CBS News. CBS News. One year after George Floyd's death, there's cautious optimism for police reform. Okay, there's a video on here you can watch that. May 25th, 2021, this article. Uh, they talk, let's see, they talk about uh, Senator Cory Booker, because uh, he's negotiating. Congressional negotiations have intensified in recent weeks, led by New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker, uh, South Carolina uh, GOP Senator Tim Scott, and California Congresswoman Karen Bass. Uh, Senator Cory Booker spoke with uh, the president Friday and described him as understanding and empathetic about the missed deadline. Let me see. It was something else I was looking at. Uh, Cory Booker was interviewed. I think there's a video in here. But he was saying that they got a lot of conferences past weekend and they're moving closer to a deal. One of the key uh, sticking points has been uh, whether to end qualified immunity, which shields officers from lawsuits and civil liability. In a letter Friday, House progressives urged congressional leaders not to drop the elimination of qualified immunity to make a deal with Republicans. But the fact of the matter is, you need 10 Republicans in the Senate to vote for this bill. Period. That's it. How many Republicans in the House voted for the bill? None. <laughs> Zero. So this, this is why see, people don't understand what James Clyburn was saying. We talked about this yesterday. People don't understand what James Clyburn was saying. Clyburn knows the white nationalist party better than most people. Clyburn knows 212 Republicans in the House voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. If you had zero in the House voting for it, with qualified immunity in the bill, what makes you think you're going to get 10 Republicans in the Senate to vote for the bill with qualified immunity in the bill? Clyburn, he knows it. That's why he said, look, if you can't come to an agreement on qualified immunity, get the rest of this stuff passed in the bill and come back to it. Come back to it later. Get this stuff passed now. I agree with him. He's correct. Because, and see, people, I see, I, I, had a, I had a strong suspicion that police organizations were putting pressure on uh, Republicans, especially Republicans in the Senate, not to remove qualified immunity. And that's what April Ryan was talking about in the article from the Grio. Okay, so uh, let's look at this here. We talked about this yesterday. Here's what's in the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Here's what the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act would do. This is from NBCNews.com, April 12, 2021. Uh, we'll just look at the highlights because I have to get out of here. The bill aims to end certain police uh, techniques, including choke holds and carotid uh, holds, carotid artery holds, uh, two forms of potentially deadly force. Such practices would be banned at the federal level 
and federal uh, funding for local and state police agencies would be conditioned on those agencies outlawing them. The bill also seeks to improve police training and invest in community programs designed to improve policing and promote equitable new policies. Other provisions in the bill would ban no-knock warrants in federal drug cases, uh, as would chokeholds, encourage local and state agencies to comply by tying bans to federal funding. Uh, a no-knock warrant led to the fatal shooting of 26-year-old Breonna Taylor by police uh, last year in Louisville, Kentucky. End qualified immunity, uh, which protects law enforcement officers from uh, most uh, civil lawsuits and qualified immunity, uh, make it easier to prosecute police officers accused of misconduct by lowering the legal standard from willfulness to recklessness. This is huge. This right here, when, when you deal with lowering the federal standard, because many people, including um, uh, Attorney General, former Attorney General Eric Holder, uh, when he was leaving the Department of Justice, he talked about how Congress needed to pass a law to lower the federal standard that has to be met to uh, get convictions of police officers at the federal level. When you lower it from willfulness, willful intent, which really goes to state of mind, you have to, will, you have to prove that the officer willfully intended to deprive someone of their civil rights. It really goes to state of mind, and it's a, it's a high bar to meet. If you lower that down to recklessness, you can get a lot more officers convicted. That is huge right there. See, this is what happens when people don't know what they're talking about and they come here with BS that they heard other places. If you compare this bill to the COVID-19 hate crime bill, this bill right here is a much more comprehensive bill. It's a more complicated bill. Now, when you don't read bills and you come here and repeat simple-sounding-ass nonsense, okay, then you make a damn fool out of yourself. This is why you have to go read these bills. Go to congress.gov. All the bills coming out of the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, you can read at congress.gov. Compare these two bills together. It will prohibit racial, religious, and discriminatory profiling uh, by law enforcement. This deals with racial profiling, etc. Law enforcement agencies at the local, state, and federal levels and mandate training against such discriminatory profile. It will require local and state uh, police agencies to use existing federal funds to ensure the use of body cameras, require all federal uniformed officers to wear body cameras, and require all marked federal police vehicles to use dashboard cameras. It will create a national police misconduct registry to prevent uh, police officers who are fired or pushed out for bad performance from being hired by other agencies. This is something else that's huge that activists have been asking for for years. All this is in the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. The problem is our people, many of our people don't read. It will use federal grants to help communities establish commissions and task force to study police reform. It will address police militarization by limiting how much military-grade equipment is awarded to state and local law enforcement agencies. It will enhance pattern and practice investigations. This is another huge thing right here. It will enhance pattern and practice investigations by police departments 
by granting the Justice Department subpoena power and establishing grant programs for state attorneys general to conduct their own probes. That is something that's huge. That gives that makes it easier and gives more power when it comes to the Department of Justice investigating habits and practices of police departments, which brings about police reform, which can bring about police reform in those departments, or if a, if a department is so corrupt or what have you, there's a process, and the DOJ has to go through the court to do this, there's a process to disband, to disband that police department as well. Okay, uh, several Republicans, including Senator Tim Scott and uh, dumbass Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Because Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Republican of Kentucky, he's the one that blocked the anti-lynching bill in, in June 2020 in the Senate. That's why the anti-lynching bill didn't pass, because of Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Because the anti-lynching bill passed the House of Representatives. You had Republicans that voted for the anti-lynching bill in the House of Representatives. But Senator Rand Paul blocked it in the in the Senate. They have uh, Senator Tim Scott and Senator Rand Paul have offered alternative alternate proposals to address police mis- misconduct. Okay, Representative Cam Bass, Democrat of California, the sponsor of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act bill, African American woman, Congressional Black Caucus. Representative Cam Bass, she's the sponsor of the bill. She said after the House moved the legislation in March that she is confident the House and the Senate can work toward a compromise. Okay, so read this here. This is from April 21st, 2021. Here's what the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act would do. Okay, this is a very comprehensive view. All right. Once again, this is, this, this is what happens when you read. This is why I go through and show you all this stuff here. Okay, this is why... I, to give you the information so you can read the bill. I think they have a link in here. You can read uh, the full bill at congress.gov. Uh, I think they have a link. Yeah, the link is right here. Uh, they take, it's, it's H.R. 1280. H.R. 1280, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act 2021. There's a link uh, right in the article uh, that takes you to congress.gov so you can actually read the bill. So you don't have to repeat nonsense that you hear from simple Simon ass people on social media that have no clue what they're talking about. This is you can actually go and read all of these bills at congress.gov This is how you do research. H.R. 1280, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act 2020 That's the name of the bill. Who's the sponsor of the bill? Representative Karen Bass Democrat from California African American woman, Congressional Black Caucus It'll show you what stage it's in. You can track the bill, introduce, pass the House, pass the Senate. It's at the president's desk. Became law. You can track where the bill is. You can go through and you can look at what's been done to the bill. They give you a summary of the bill. All this stuff. Congress.gov. This is a free website. This is how you track bills. This is how you find out what's in the bill. Who's showing you this type of information? Okay. Now, lastly, uh, that's enough of that. Lastly, today's African Liberation Day. What is African Liberation Day? 
Okay, uh, this is a good piece here from um, Africa.com uh, has a good piece. We posted this earlier today. Uh, May 25th is crowned as uh, Africa Day. Uh, what's the, it used to be called African Liberation Day, then it's called Africa Day. Uh, and let me pull this up here. What is African Liberation Day? So we have this piece here from Africa.com. I posted this earlier today. Celebrations on May 25th, crowned as Africa Day, recite the annual commemoration of Africa's independence, freedom, and liberation uh, strive strife from colonial imperialists. The uh, reinforcement of this liberation was the first union of African countries on African soil, the foundation of the regional integration body, the organization of the African Unity, uh, OAU, the Organization of the African Unity, on May 25, 1963, which 38 years later evolved into the African Union. Today, the Continental Organization celebrates 54 years of determined, uh, well, this is two years ago, so it's 56 years, of determined efforts for unity among uh, the African people and social economic freedom from foreign dominion and exploitation. Then they lay out uh, top 10 things to know about uh, Africa Day or African Liberation Day. Uh, it was inspired by Ghana's independence. The end of World War II saw exceeding efforts from Africans over the process of decolonization of the African continent for more political rights and independence from colonial rule. Thus, between 1945 and 1965, a significant number of African countries gained independence from European colonial powers, with Ghana becoming the first African country in the South of, in the south of the Sahara, gaining its independence on March 6, 1957, under the leadership of Kwame Nkrumah. Now, Ghana's independence therein served as an inspiration to other African countries fighting against colonial rule, and Ghana played a central role in uh, this objective. Now, after uh, now a year after its independence, uh, Ghana, uh, a year after his independence, Ghana convened the first conference of independent African states on April 15, 1958. African countries in attendance included Ethiopia, Libya, Sudan, Liberia, Egypt, Tunisia, and Morocco, amongst others, with representatives of the uh, National Liberation Front of Algeria and the Union of Cameroonian Peoples. The conference was a collective platform of the explicit assertion of Africa's rejection of Africa's rejection of colonial and imperialist domination of the continent of Africa, becoming the first Pan-African Liberation Conference to be held on the continent of Africa, bringing together various African countries. Further, uh, further at the meeting, the first African Freedom Day was celebrated, which was later recognized as Africa Day, okay, the first 
African Freedom Day was celebrated, which was later recognized as Africa Day. Um, if we look at, so you can read the rest of this here. Uh, this deals with, uh, this is from Africa.com. This deals with uh, 10 things to know about Africa Day. 10 things to know about Africa Day. There was a, we'll post this link here. There's a, a, a piece also that I, I refer to uh, oftentimes. This is from timeanddate.com. Timeanddate.com. This deals with uh, African Liberation Day. And let me see. Well, okay, let's pull this up right here. Okay, let me blow this up. Timeanddate.com. Uh, this uh, has more information on African Liberation Day, and it kind of like, really simplifies it. May 25th is African Liberation Day. On this day, uh, many African countries celebrate the hard-fought achievement of their freedom from European colonial powers. So African Liberation Day is celebrated by many uh, uh, African communities around the world. many African communities around the world. It is a permanent mass institution in the worldwide Pan-African movement. The day is observed in countries such as Ghana, Kenya, Spain, Tanzania, uh, the United Kingdom, and the United States. And events include formal gatherings with panel discussions. I've spoken at a number of African Liberation Day celebrations here in Detroit. Uh, street marches, speeches by political and social leaders, special university lectures, rallies featuring cultural uh, event, uh, cultural entertainment, poetry, and speakers. In the United States, the day is commemorated in the form of symposiums where people are invited to attend and participate in political and social issues relevant to U.S. African communities. Now, background information. African Freedom Day was founded during the first uh, conference of independent African states, which attracted African leaders and political activists from various African countries in Ghana on April 15, 1958. Okay, African Freedom Day was founded uh, of being April 15, 1958. Government representatives from eight independent African states attended. Now, this is the year after Ghana uh, won its independence from Great Britain, which was in 1957. Uh, government representatives from eight independent African states attended the conference, which was the first Pan-African conference in the continent. The purpose of the day was uh, the purpose of the day was to annually mark the liberation movement's progress, to annually mark the liberation movement's progress and to symbolize the determination of the people of Africa to free themselves from foreign domination and exploitation. Between 1958 and 1963, the nation class struggle grew bigger in Africa and around the world. During this period, 17 uh, African countries uh, won their independence, and 1960 was proclaimed the Year of Africa. 1960 was proclaimed the Year of Africa. On May 25, 1963, 31 African leaders convened a summit meeting to found the Organization of African Unity, the OAU, the Organization of African Unity. Now, Malcolm X is going to form his organization, the OAAU, the Organization of Afro-American Unity, which is patterned after the Organization of African Unity. They renamed 
argued that they renamed Africa Freedom Day as African Liberation Day and changed this date to May 25th, okay? Uh, May 25th coincides with May 25th, 1963, when 31 African leaders convened the summit uh, to found the Organization of African Unity. The founding date of the OAU is also referred to as Africa Day, okay? So African Liberation Day also is a commemoration of the founding of the Organization of African Unity, May 25th, 1963. African Liberation Day has helped to raise political awareness in uh, African communities across the world. It has also been a source of information about the struggles for liberation and development. And development. Okay. Well, happy African Liberation Day. We got to get out of here. Hey, if you like this type of information, also you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, and also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, okay? Uh, or at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We're here six days a week. Uh, this helps us keep doing the research, uh, broadcasting, stay on the air six days a week, pay some of the bills. And be sure to register for the online course that I teach on Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Mahafa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. This is a uh, nine-week uh, online course that I teach Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we just did uh, this past Saturday with Sister uh, Nubia Warford. She's an archaeologist. We dealt with the origins of ancient Kush and the African queens of antiquity. The, the class was $80, but since we're halfway through it, uh, I dropped the price down to $60 for you. So as soon as you register, you can watch the, the previous classes, and then you'll be ready uh, for our next class Saturday, May 29th, 2021. And uh, we do the classes live. You can the live chat and ask questions during the during the class. All the sessions are recorded, so as soon as you register, you can watch the previous class. And you'll still have access even after the course is over with. You can still go back and watch it over and over. All right, we have to get out of here. Uh, register for the class. We'll see you in class Saturday, May 29th. Remember, right now, it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. We were listening to Michael M. Hotep, producer of the Facebook for for his uh, show, the African History Network, the AHN show.